All right, hello guys. I'm a bit rusty. I haven't done this for a few weeks, but welcome to Ringsiders. I'm joined by Rivers tonight. Say hello, Rivers, to everybody. How do everybody? Here we go. And we have a very special guest tonight, Mr. Kevin Castle. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me today. Ah, do it's a pleasure, Mr. Kevin Castle, the king amongst peasants of wrestling podcasters <laughs> that we are. Uh, so, well, like, some people, some people dispute that. Some people dispute that. No, 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 no. Fuck those guys. Let's let's. Big- <laughs> I like that. Fuck those guys. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You're right, Rivers. You are right. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually am. So yeah, um, never wrong. Never wrong. So uh, how's it going, Kev? Uh, it's going, it's going okay. I mean, getting ready finally after uh, a year and almost a half, well, year and four months to be accurate, uh, getting to go back to work in the industry that I've been in for 28 years and was put on hold for. And we finally go sure. back, uh, this weekend, but the official relaunch is next weekend, uh, yeah. in the club, club business, live music, indoors, uh, concerts. Are you, are you a music promoter then? You like promote, you put gigs on. <clears throat> I call myself the, like, they call me a, the booker man. I mean, it's actually right. the take off Kevin Sullivan in wrestling. Everybody calls me a booker man. Um, so I'd say more of a booker than a promoter because I'm usually in house. I usually right. work at one club particularly. Okay. And it's all kind of like metal rock bands, that kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, metal rock, every, everything, industrial, hardcore punk. I mean, I've, I've worked the circuit. I've worked with, everyone in the, in the industry pretty much uh from all, all different kinds of music i would just say anything in the form of heavy music i've worked with yeah yes cool any personal favorites that you've kind of had over the years from- uh, mastodon great oh, yeah. i mean work with, with those dudes uh when they first started out in 2001 and 2002 uh-huh. they just banned from atlanta looking for a show their manager was a friend of mine the manager used to it was uh, Rich Hoke at the time, who was in a band called Brutal Truth, who was a big band down here in New York, a uh, legendary band. And Rich says, you got to book these guys out of Atlanta. They're going to be something. You know, you, you always hear that. Like, yeah. they're the next big thing, like the next Brock Lesnar. Uh, I'm like, yeah, Atlanta? It's like, yeah, but they want to come down to New York. They're good old boys. They're cool. I mean, you're going you're gonna to love these guys. Gonna, I'm telling you, this band's going to blow up. You know, you take it with a grain of salt. But they were cool. I talked to guys on the phone. They came all the way down from Atlanta just because they wanted to play New York. We booked them and they became a regular thing for us. They played three or four times and they played one of our final shows in 2002. And, and within a year to two to the next, they were just blown up and blown up and blown up. And by 2003, they were a monster. Uh, and even, uh, you know, the last time they played in New York, they played Central Park and they shouted us out. And that was like a big thrill uh, to see guys who played to basically 30 people 20 years ago, uh, playing to 60,000 people. They played the garden with the Deftones and Alice, Alice in Chains a few years ago. So right. it's, uh, it's cool to, uh, I, I think it would be like anybody else, or like a high school coach who starts out and sees his athlete go on to be a big ball player or something like that. Someone you help, you know, start in the industry or give them a break and they never forget about it and they still have a, a fondness for you and they keep in touch. It's, it's a cool thing. You know, it's a really cool thing. So I'd say those guys, Hatebreed are another band, Hatebreed are great guys uh, who yeah. got really huge over the years, started out with us, had their first record release back in 97 with us. So good, good history. I mean, a real good history, uh, but it was a small club. It was like the little club with the big personality and a lot of uh, big personalities came out of that club. So. It sounds like you've had a really cool uh, career, you know. I'm, I'm quite jealous, you know. So uh, no, it was cool, but the, the, the COVID made me rethink if I was even going to do this anymore. I wasn't even sure what I was going to do. I mean, I was at some, you know, midlife crisis or whatever, but I was at some severe crossroads. Nothing that anybody did. I mean, it was just a thing that I don't think anybody could have imagined uh, how long this thing would play out with lock lockdowns and stuff like that. 
And uh, listen, there were people, even uh, people who I took as mentors would tell me this industry's over, this industry's done. I'm like, it yeah. can't be, it can't be. And I just kept really? the faith and I held out and I did what I had to do to survive in the meantime. And uh, here we are, you know, and, uh, you know, then again, they might do mask mandates again. We'll get, we'll get through it. You know what I mean? We'll get through it. We're in the yeah. zone. We're going to do what we got to do. And uh, live music's never going to die. Like even the smaller venues and stuff, it's always going to keep going. You know, I've, uh, I've actually got my first gig back in two years. Uh, this Saturday, which is going to be really strange, you know. Great, yeah. No, yeah, I know you're a musician yourself and yeah. stuff. I mean, you must have missed it, but see, you get you. Did you do any of that stuff like play on uh, like uh, just to keep yourself kind of occupied? Did you play like uh, stuff on uh, online and do acoustic stuff from the bedroom and just? Kind no, of just I never wanted to do that. I really oh, didn't want to do that. Do okay. That. Yeah, no, I kind of pulled back from all of that stuff. What I did to keep myself busy during lockdown is I bought myself a, a little audio interface. And I just demoed every song that I've got in my songbook that I've written. I just oh, okay. demoed everything, you know? So I've got like the second solo album ready to go into the proper studio. I've nice. got the first full band album uh, ready to go. And I've got about halfway through on my third album, which is going to be, I want to go kind of more industrial with that, but with slide blues over the top of it, you know? So like think Nine Inch Nails, but with some kind of uh, Mississippi Fred McDowell slidey Delta blues. Oh, I, li I like that. I'm a big blues rock guy. I'm a huge yeah. Stevie, Ray Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. I'm oh, a, Stevie Ray Vaughan, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I, but uh, my one of my favorite bands of all time is the uh, Black Crows. Actually, is one of my favorite. I can bands love of the Black Crows. Yeah. yeah, my favorite. Yeah, so underrated in history. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really flew under the radar, and um, they don't get nearly enough credit for how fucking good they are as a band. And, excellent, uh, excellent live band. Yeah. What's their lead guitar player called? Remind oh, me. Chris, Chris Robinson. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So Love the tone he gets out of that Les Paul is, is just, it's absolutely exquisite. So, yeah. I, I could just sit here and listen to you two talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my element right here. Jamie's a big oh, motorhead guy. Like, Jamie's a big metalhead. Yeah. He's a big motorhead. Oh, mo mo yeah, motorhead's, uh, motorhead's uh, one of my favorites, too. I mean, I, I kind of run the gamut. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm into so much different types of music. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the great thing about, you know, sometimes you're in a profession and you don't necessarily love the profession. You know how to do it well. But when you stand there as a fan, like when I got to see Frankie Benali play from you, passed away not too long ago, uh, from Quiet Riot. Now, yes, was it the Quiet Riot from the classic? No, Kevin DeBrow passed away many years ago. They had a new singer. But just watching Frankie play the drums on a stage that we, we, we had it was amazing to me because he's such a legendary drummer from Quiet Riot and all the yeah. things he's done in the business. Uh, so same thing when I saw Jakey e. Lee from Ozzy's band. Jake got to play mm -hmm. for us. Uh, in a band and he was doing Badlands songs and I was just like I was uh, you know 17 years old again and at the time I was 49 so you know I mean it's a it's a great fan so yeah I'm always a fan and I think that's why I have a passion for it that's why I didn't want to leave it and that's why I didn't want to have to make that decision to, to quit the industry because again you have so many people over you saying yeah you have to think about something else and over 50 having to think about a brand new career is pretty fucking scary I gotta tell you Absolutely. I found myself at that place. at I'm 41 now. And I found myself at that place when I was 38, 39. Uh, when you were talking earlier about like a quote unquote midlife crisis, for lack of a better term, you know, right, I, yeah. it really hit the fucking wall. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I was miserable for like two years straight. And then yeah, I didn't know what I was kind of doing. And then I kind of fell into this uh, teaching assistant position. And it's kind of like, oh, this is all right. And I think this has got legs and I think it can kind mm -hmm. of go places. So I'm kind of I've stuck in with that really. I'm, I'm hoping to kind of progress that a bit further and then do music on weekends, you know, be like a weekend musician type of deal. So 
Yeah, yeah. and if it hit, if it works for you, if it hits, you never like you never say never. And even in your forties, listen, I've seen people mm-hmm. who are signed or went on to write that song that got played, and now it's all about if you get you know, online popularity. It's a different ball game, the industry than years ago. It it's it's funny, even every now and then an old school guy who hasn't been in the scene a long time. He's like, Kev, I'm, I'm forming a new band. You know, I haven't played in about 10, 15 years. Uh, bands still get signed by record companies. I'm like, no, not really. I go, you gotta, it's, it's very, uh, you know, do it yourself kind of thing and independent. Yeah. You could find someone who can maybe sponsor the band or whatever, who wants to get them in the studio and believes in the band. But the days of like, you know, I, when I started out, uh, every like you know, Roadrunner Records and and Epic Records would have guys, and we're like, yeah, we have this band. I used to manage bands that used to get tryouts for labels, like MCA Records back in in the uh, mid '90s, and we right. used to have planned, scheduled record guys on the guest list. Such and such is coming in from Mechanic MCA Records to check out, say, Irate was a band I managed back in the mid '90s. And we would know they were coming and we'd all be ready and prepared. And now today, it's just like, you know, listen, you always put on your best performance because you never know who's in the audience watching you. Because there can always be that. It's like anything else. It's like discovering people. People get discovered on the street. To this day, people still get in commercials because someone bumped into them on the street. Go, well, you have a good look. You know I mean? You have a, or or someone hears the song who has connections. I I checked out this song the other day. It's very interesting. Like that does happen. It's not a pipe dream. It does happen. It doesn't happen very often. But that's why you keep grinding. You keep uh, hustling. You know, if you really want it, uh, you know, I always believe that if you really want something, you can get it. Some things are maybe a little bit fantasy, but you're never going to know unless you really, really try. I, I understand that with what I do, like at my main uh, gimmick, if you will, is a slide blues one man band. So I've got my kick drum and I've got my slide guitar and, you know, and off I go. Um, so nice. it's kind of niche. But there's not really, in, in the UK anyway, in particular, there's not particularly many people doing that right. kind of thing. So I think I can kind of carve myself out a little niche there and be yeah. sort of a medium-sized fish in a small pond, I think. I think I Absolutely, can, yeah. It's, 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 it's niches. It's like we say yeah. when we're going to talk wrestling, it's gimmicks. You know, gimmicks, it's, exactly that. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's not a bad thing, and that's yeah. not, a, that's not a, a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's a gimmick and that's your thing because you got to separate yourself from the pack and that's what it's all about and uh, i always like much like old you know like alice cooper and, and kiss oh and, yeah, and yeah. I, I always uh, and wrestling i always kind of uh, i've developed this on-stage character which is um like a tv evangelist you know kind of like spouting off oh, nice. okay. and telling yes. people how to live their lives while backstage is you know fucking you know it's fucking underage girls kind of thing you know? <laughs> i got it you know it's a, a righteous liar um so i kind of like developed this character on stage and on spitting verses because you know i wanted to be a wrestler as a kid but you know oh me too never gonna happen never gonna happen happen. i don't have the guns for it so and uh, yeah so uh, i kind of thought well i can adopt that kind of cutting promos basically i can try and adopt that into my on-stage persona and try and like uh i just love over-the-top theatrical shows you know Uh, i've just been watching uh recently i watched the 2010 madison square garden rammstein concert and, oh, um, nice! I fucking blew my head off. Like, oh, they're, every, ama- they're every, amazing. They're amazing. Every, every song told a story. Like the stage is moving, and the fireworks, and and the costumes, and the lights, and and uh, there's a, there's a, there's a story arc to every song. You know, from from like the guys playing. It on stage. it's almost like a, a it's a re- it's a real production i mean yeah. not since i i think kiss has there been a band i think they would be the band not kind of the heirs to the throne but to a higher degree because technology mm-hmm. is so much greater i mean you guys see now and look and looking back now reflection when you see 1970s kiss concerts 
they're theatrical, but they're not that over the top. It's it's a lot, Gene blowing the fire and the big yeah. kiss thing on fire in the back and the gongs and stuff like that and the firehouse and the and the and the uh, ambulance noises going off. But that's you know seventies. That was ahead of its time. You know what I mean? But today, I mean, uh, you know, again uh, with certain bands, they they have really up the game. And you have the technology. Why not do it? I mean, you can go sky's the limit now. They, I mean, when you go to see a, a concert, there's all sorts of things they can do now. You know, with CGI and everything, they didn't have that back in the '80s. They didn't even have it in the '90s, really. You know, to be honest with you, like even for like me who hasn't got like a, a pot to piss in, like it's amazing what I can <laughs> do theatrically speaking with just a little bit of makeup and a and a and a nice jacket and a little bit of light. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. On stage, you know, so it's yeah, it's kind of crazy what like a bare bones independent musician can kind of do and yeah. that and that can catch on and what happens yeah. is is if you you go to the next level you can up the game because then you'll have the the money the revenue to come in to to to, to get you to up your game but it's yeah. true if you do like bare bones like you said the basics but just make it some sort of it's very hard to be and you you know this two rivers and you know this two guys it's very hard to be original now there is no original it's sure. yeah. a spin on what was done before but you got to put your own little twist to it so people can't yeah. accuse you of being a blatant copy, which no one ever wants to be accused of. I I admit I liberally uh, steal from all the blues grits, you know. So yeah, but like, you put your own spin on it. You oh, know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. All yeah, blues, yeah. all blues players. Oh, do. absolutely. You get influenced, and you just yeah, yeah, again, yeah. you take a little bit from here, a little bit from here. Same thing as we're going to talk wrestling. Uh, guys are I when we talk certain guys, I'll be like, well, I see this guy in this, and a little bit of Jake Roberts, and a little bit of mm. this guy. Mm-hmm. That's th- that's expected because if you're such a fan that you got into the industry, that's going to bleed into your psyche and and. Uh, it's cause and effect, you know, it's, it's supposed to happen that way, you know, it's, and, it uh, should, and it should bleed in as well. Like I mm-hmm. think the best characters these days are very reminiscent of, of, of older characters anyway, but obviously with their own spin on it, you know, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, talking characters, let's talk a bit of wrestling. I know Rivers mentioned before we hit record, mm-hmm. Carrie and Cross. I mean, what's your thoughts on, on Carrie and Cross booking on Raw at the moment? Because obviously NXT is an unstoppable, unbeatable killer on Raw. He got beat by Jeff Hardy. He was supposed to get beat by Jeff Hardy this week, but mm-hmm. Jeff got the COVID. Um, what What's your thoughts on the way Karrion Cross has been uh, shown to us so far? Well, I'm a little biased because truth be told, anybody who follows me on Twitter knows I have a, a personal friendship with the guy. That's yeah, not a yeah. secret. I mean, we, we joke, we kind of gimmicky back with and forth with each other online. Everyone's like, that's really him. I'm like, yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, it, it, people are kind of uh, perplexed by it, but I'm like, no, it, it, look, Here's the, the, the brief history of Cross with me and my former partner, Don Tony, of DTKC show. Yeah. Uh, Cross was a fan going back to 2009, around the time we started. He was a young guy, his early 20s, just a big wrestling fan, I, thinking about getting into the industry at the time. He was a regular listener of our show, diehard fan. And uh, then around, I believe, 2013, 14, 2013, he got into the business, started training. I believe he made his debut in 2014 mm-hmm. and continued listening to our show. And me and Anthony, like I said, my phone post, Don Tony, watched kind of the rise of him. And we, we noticed, you know, this guy, uh, you know, working the circuit, Killer Cross, 
you know, uh, trying out different gimmicks, putting up YouTube stuff and, and doing different things. And, and time goes by, you know, sometimes you, you guys know this too. You turn around a year or two or three go by and you're like, wow, where did it all go? Uh, and, and again, yeah. it just, it seemed quick, but it wasn't quick because he, it, people sometimes even are acting like this guy just came out of a gym and came into uh, wrestling. He's been on the circuit for a while and he's been all over the world. Talk about paying dues. This man has paid dues. He's been in Mexico. He's been overseas. He's been in Europe. He's been in Singapore. He's been everywhere. Just go, go on YouTube and Google Clips. He's been all over the world. He's traveled. He's, he's not some, yeah. He, yeah, he's worked yeah. the circuit and, and not just comfort zone in America. He's got all over the place from Canada to Timbuktu. He's been everywhere. So uh, again, it's, it's interesting to watch someone that like, we know that guy listens to the show. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, he's coming along, coming along. And the first time I really noticed and that we saw him was, uh, for me anyway, I'll speak for myself was, uh, in impact. I don't know if you guys remember, he, yes. he, he debuted an impact. I think he jumped somebody in the back. He was faking being a security guard or something. And I read about him, you know, you read the Dave Meltzer thing and I'm like, Oh, Kevin, that guy, Kevin Cross. I, I wouldn't, I know that dude. So it's like, is that dude who listens to the show? So it's a weird thing, the way things come together and then I just watched him and paid attention, paid attention. Another year goes by another year. He goes to blood sport. He's in triple a and watching him bounce around. I'm watching him do promos. And I'm like, I think this guy's going to be something, you know, like, and I remember Anthony saying the same thing. I, I think this dude's going to be a player. And uh, a few years ago, again, that's when I kind of really set my mind to it. Well, before he signed with WWE about two years ago, after just watching his work and his promos and his character changes and what he put into, if you ever go to his YouTube channel, watch his old promos of him just talking into the camera, almost like Robert De Niro and taxi driver. He's got it. This guy's got something. Yeah. And it wasn't like, Oh, he listens to our show. So we got to prop him. A lot of people listen to our show that we didn't put them accessibly, put them over all the time. Um, but we saw something in him and I, I'm glad that I did, you know, keep that mindset and kept an eye. And then uh, when he signed with WWE, I just shook my head. I go, son of a bitch, you got a WWE contract. But mm -hmm. I knew he was in play um, for AEW. He was a, by two years ago, he was a wanted guy. You know, when yeah. AEW first formed, there was a little, uh, I, I wouldn't say like a battle to get his services, but every, I think he went to every company, you know, to see where he was going to go. At that point, he was dating Scarlett already, who was another person, Smoke Show. You guys know about her, making yeah. her way in the circuit, doing things, Scarlett traveling all over the place. These are people who paid their dues. So it's, I mean, like bands who pay their dues. I respect that. I have a real respect for people who do everything they can and, and nothing is too big or small for them. And they do the things the proper way. And that's what it annoys me when people try to dismiss that where it's like, Oh, cause it's not your favorite. Uh, that's it's meaningless. But if it's your favorite, they paid their dues. It's like, listen, be fair or don't make a comment at all. I'm all about fairness. I mean, there's certain wrestlers I don't like, but I'm not going to take away their props because they're not a person that their poster isn't on my wall. And by the way, that would be pretty scary if a poster was on my wall, 50 something years old. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so again, keeping an eye on him and he kept in touch and we wrote each other. And he's always right. He wrote to Anthony, he wrote to me. And even when me and Anthony split last year, he kept our friendships with, with each other. I don't know what his relationship was with Anthony, but I know he keeps touch uh, with Anthony. But, but for me, I, I keep in touch with him all the time. Uh, we're also into a lot of the same things. He's into tattoo culture. So am I. I'm all tattooed up. He's into heavy metal and hardcore uh, underground. I mean, that's my middle name. So we have a lot in common. Uh, as far as that goes, he also was born and raised in New York, grew up in New York, uh, then moved around Vegas, uh, you know, moved to, to here and there. 
Uh, now he resides obviously in Florida, but he's a good dude. And, and again, I like him a lot personally. So it's easy to, when I like a wrestler personally, I, I always, uh, kind of, I, I, I like, you know, if you guys know anything about me, I always say my favorite wrestler of all time is probably a wrestler. 50% of people are not even going to ever heard of, which is Al Perez. And a lot of people like I, I looked him up. He, he's actually, he actually did some stuff. I'm like, yeah, if you're a wrestling historian, you should kind of know this stuff. I mean, I don't look down on people who don't know everything I do. I don't know if you're the, listen, you're, you can either be into something as much as you want to be. I was into wrestling. I'm sure, you know, you guys can tell me how into it you are, but I was so into it that it was like everything to me that I made sure to know every waking, breathing detail about Bruno Sammartino's win loss record. <laughs> I mean, I was just one of those fans, man. My brother, John Draper would back me up. He's like, my brother, Kev, say what you want. He is one of the most knowledgeable historians. Cause he, that was his life. I, I live with this guy. Trust me. He's about that. So it was uh, to go into wrestling podcast. It was a no brainer for me before it was even called that. But, um, Again, I'm a loyalist too. If I'm your friend, I'm your friend. You're cool to me. I'm going to be cool to you. Um, I'm a lifer type of guy. I have the same friends for 40 years. I work in the same industry for almost 29 years. Even DTKC, I was on that show for 13 years. But my track record is I'm a long-termer. Uh, you yeah. know, people who do things in blips and bleeps to me can never be trusted because they're jumpers. Uh, when you're a jumper, I don't want to work with, I want to work with someone who's down, who's, who's going to be in it for the long haul. And I'm a long hauler. And that's why, uh, you know, it's so funny when everyone's like, oh, how come you take up so much for this guy? Because he's my boy. I was like, that's what you do. I don't, I don't even know. What am I supposed to piss on it and say he lost to Jeff Hardy, his career's over. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of that, I know I went around the, the bend here to get to the point, but uh, just to give people a little bit of history. Uh, what I saw and what I know, and I can't give away, I mean, not that I get the keys to the kingdom from him in secrecy and I know what's going to happen, but I have a good idea of what's happening here. And the Jeff Hardy thing was part of a storyline. It was going to play out. Yeah. Jeff is a veteran. You guys got to remember something that, uh, you know, COVID shut it down. Live audiences just came back. Cross debuted last May, if you guys remember, in an empty place. Great entrance. You guys remember that grandiose entrance? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, now Cross and Scarlet's majority of time here, 99% has been in front of no crowds. Mm. Okay, they played in front of like a little crowd in the last few months before in some of the his, his last title matches when he had the Adam Cole thing with the other three guys and then the match before. But for the majority, of course, of 2020, there were no crowds. So you're talking about two people they're heavily invested in and they want perhaps somebody on that roster in the locker room, maybe Jeff Hardy to maybe nurture a guy like cross, put him with cross, show him the ropes. Cross has never wrestled in front of what, how many people were there? 12,000, 15,000 people. Yeah, yeah. People are not thinking they're like, you know, he came in a guy wrestling in front of nobody. And I'm sorry, 50 people at NXT is not the same thing as you guys know. Rivers, you know, as a musician, it is much different to play a small hole in the wall club than, hey, Rivers, you're opening at uh, Met Stadium, Yankee, in front of the Yankee Stadium tonight, in front of 60,000. I'd, I'd die of fright. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm a professional. Yeah. yeah. Even though he is a professional, I always thought they're putting him with Jeff because they're giving Jeff something to do. Jeff is a two-ring future Hall of Famer in singles mm. and in tag. No one could dispute yeah. that. Two-ring uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. Up, right? He's got a contract. Utilize the guy. Maybe Jeff even said, hello, I'll work with Cross. I'll, I'll put up, you know, let's do a program. I have an idea. Jeff's a creative guy. You don't think there was more to this than Jeff just, did you notice that Jeff healed on him and put his foot on the ropes? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And he even kind of, it was kind of, uh, 
gloating a little bit when he was right. Kind of the there aisle. was yeah, a yeah. there yeah. was a story here. There was yeah. more to it. People just you know what it was, guys. The fingers were burning of even my fellow podcasters. And I'll say props to my former host DT and Mish, and especially Mish is still a very good friend of mine. And both who had a reasonable, rational explanations and weren't unhinged. But all my other associates and a lot of the people were just like unhinged. He's dead. He's done. He's buried. I'm like guys, you know that that's not the case. And I get you want to get clicks, but can someone tell the be put something together here like we know wrestling i mean if we gotten to the point that we this is what we do now you know oh charlotte flair lost a day later she's buried that's it she lost to nikki cross she's a scrub i'm like no guys 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 do you remember a man named macho man randy savage who ultimate warrior pinned with his foot on his fucking mm, chest yeah. at wrestlemania yeah. his foot yeah. on his chest was Macho Man done? I believe Macho Man went to WCW and won the world title, didn't he? he was did. he buried? He wasn't buried. Stop with this buried bullshit. You sound like people sound like unhinged morons. I, I, I'm embarrassed for some people in our industry from the way they conduct. And I get it. Hey, listen, it's about making money, getting likes, get your hustle on, do what you got to do. It's your gimmick, do what you got to do. But th there's got to be truth telling and some rational rhyme and reason for when you put stuff together for your listeners, because I think you're doing a disservice to your listeners listeners i think you're poisoning minds and and this is what causes the divisiveness in in our thing and has people not have nice debate but instead when we'll say hey kev i disagree with you look dick fuck you blah 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 <laughs> yeah. when did it this get is, to that like what why can't why, I, I never i never comment and talk about wrestling on twitter really uh, oh yeah i noticed that with you yeah i, 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 I really be I'll, I'll retweet stuff and whatnot but i just i can't be bothered to get into it because i know that somebody's just gonna be like oh no but actually fuck you and i'm like oh, just... yeah it's it's a, they can't even say i respectfully disagree yeah, I didn't even tell yeah. you that last time someone said i respectfully disagree i don't even think respect i see, I see sometimes that people even ask questions and like people jump on them like fucking what the fuck are you talking about like, the fuck kind of question is that and I'm like, it's crazy but the cross thing like i said to me now i have no this is just my intellect as a fan and i use my you know kind of rational mindset and not just because i'm a fan or a friend of the dude because this is what i would think anyway and also p.s i would be into a character like cross even if i didn't know the dude outside of wrestling because i like that character I'm, I'm an undertaker fan i've always been a fan of badass bruiser brody me and draper uh, you mm. guys probably know huge bruiser brody fans yeah me too i'm a, I'm a huge bruiser oh, brody man. So yeah. that's cross fits in that category of tough guy, like badass characters that that connects to me. So I would be into this dude's character anyway. But uh, to know him is just a bonus. So anyway, I'm saying Jeff is probably they probably said, Jeff, we're going to put cross with you, get in front of arenas. And Jeff probably said, listen, let me beat you. And then you come back and you kill me the next week. I can yeah. already picture the, what was going on in the back. Like the way you laid out Regal, you beat me up in the park. I can only imagine what they had planned, Jeff and Cross. But unfortunately, Jeff got COVID. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not laughing that he got COVID, but I laugh at the poor Cross. You know, like there was more to this. And I think they would have saw it this week. And I think Keith Lee was a last minute fill in because if you notice, that was Monday. Uh, Jeff got diagnosed on Sunday, and yeah. that's when the story broke. It it's shit happens, right, guys? Yeah. I mean, what else? Can yeah, you yeah. Say? I do feel a little bad for Keith Lee, though. I think I don't, you know. I don't uh, know oh, yeah, we we could talk about him too. But the cross yeah. thing, there, there was more to the story. I think Jeff was put with him as a you know, Jeff is making half a million a year, and he's not doing anything. No. And maybe he said, "Hey, listen." I'll, I'll help the kid out. You know, I'll put cross. Oh, Jeff, Jeff is a veteran. And again, two ring hall. Jeff, Jeff will take some sick looking bumps. He'll take some yeah. sick. 
right. make, make uh, Killer Cross look like a killer, you know? Like exactly. Was, you know. And that's him beating Cross the whole thing. Yeah. And also with the Scarlet, let me also maybe shed a little light on that. And, and my opinion, nothing I was told to me. Let me just be clear. I believe Scarlet will be with Cross, and I believe it's coming. And be patient. I was just about to ask you, when do you think the debut bring I, her? Into I it? think she she will be with him. Now there is something to it that she that I believe she is, uh, you know, brushing up on her in ring skills and stuff like that. Because down the road she probably will wrestle, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't believe they're splitting them fully. I don't believe that's happening. No. I believe they're waiting for the right moment. Uh, to uh, and I would probably say she'll most likely be with him at Takeover. Now in NXT, they that's could really not like bring her in as like this mystery woman. Like who is this woman? They they could. And again, there was around a- the hourglass and like you know she's approaching other wrestlers and like basically kind well, of condemning them to death. And you know and uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, even guys like Dave Meltzer, like no one ever said. Now people make like they know. There's never been anything said. Go and find it where anybody in the back said they have split cross and Scarlet. No one ever said that. There's never no, been a press no. leak, but people allude to it. Well, that's it. You know, Cross's whole presentation is off. It's like, no, they're building up to something. Now they say, but Kev, why not do it from the jump on the main roster? I can't answer that question. Yes. Would I have done it differently? Would you guys have done it differently? Yes. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to come uh, to full circle. Now, listen, he's fighting Samoa Joe. It's kind of a given I'm just going to even say most likely Joe is going to beat him for the title. Yeah. Now, if Joe doesn't beat him for the title, they got me. I don't know what they're doing. If he pins mm. or submits Samoa Joe, I'm like, now I really don't know what's going on either. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. So everyone's like, okay, I got it. So he'll go lose to Samoa Joe, then pop up. Remember, the draft is coming up. You guys got to remember that. Oh, uh, and, remember, and also remember something, guys. Uh, Cross and Scarlett are engaged in real life. They're not married. People keep mm-hmm. saying they're married. They're engaged. Um, that's the, like a missed thing that people say all the time. Now, technically they are married. I mean, they're, they live together, a couple, they're, you know, they're getting married. They're not going to split. If you know, they put married couples together yeah. nine out of 10 times. So Scarlett's going to be with cross wherever he goes, anyone, the same roster. So it's gonna be very convenient. And I think there is a plan to keep them together. I don't know that for a fact, but I think everyone's just jumping the gun. There was no burial. It wasn't done the way a lot of us would have saw fit. But there was a greater good to it. And unfortunately, Jeff is out for two weeks and we'll never know. Maybe it'll be re- it'll come back up because Cross did an interview post uh, Raw and he had a good win on Keith Lee. It was uneventful because it wasn't really built up also because it was slopped together last minute. guys. Yeah. Um, but he did an interview with uh, Sarah Shriver, uh, the interviewer, and he said, I'm not done with Jeff Hardy by a long shot. They never would have had him do an interview like that had this thing been over. So I think yeah. the Jeff Cross mm-hmm. thing will continue and let people let it play out. And you're right. If there's anybody who's going to take sick dives and sell Cross's shit, it's Jeff Hardy. And no mm-hmm. one ever even thought, well, maybe Jeff's mentoring Cross and stuff. No one even brought that up. Even the smartest wrestling podcasters, nah, he's buried. And I just shake my head. I'm like, I'm so disappointed in you guys. You guys aren't even thinking outside the box. And aren't you going to look kind of stupid if the guy goes on to win the world title in a year? Oh, no, I, because people would have forgot about it at that point. <laughs> and I'm like, not me. I'm going to never let you forget about it. Just like the people who told me Roman Reigns was finished and people would never even accept him as a heel a year ago. And yeah. look where we are now. Yeah. I think a lot of things is like, and this is an every wrestling fan but there's a uh, there's always that minority that i think they're just too impatient they want everything to happen oh, yeah. now you know there's no i'm a big fan of long-term long-term story me too me too yeah and that's the thing that there's nothing everyone wants it now you know it's i want this now i don't want to see what happens in a few weeks why did not this happen now 
You two are a couple of old school guys. Jamie always says that he's an old school guy. Like oh, he, yeah. he loves like eighties wrestling. And who's that photographer guy you're interviewing? Oh, I, I do a I do a series with George Napolitano. Oh, George's a great yeah. guy. George Napolitano's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. I do a little regular thing with George. Oh, I'm gonna definitely check that out. Uh, George George is an unsung hero in yes. his, in my opinion. Love, yeah. love him. Give, yeah, I've done about, I, I've done about I, three with him at the moment. We've done about three interviews, which are, they're all up. I'm I'm gonna get him back. We're gonna do a, a mid south uh, special. Nice. Kind of I'll be I'll be listening to that. Yeah, he's a, yeah. like you said, he's an unsung hero. The stories that man has told me are just incredible. Oh. Even about Brody, yeah, about Brody. Yeah, he, well, last time I had him on, he was telling me about uh, Bruce Brody and Abdullah the Butcher, and he was traveling with Brody to shows, and I was like, this is just, you know, like like you. I mean, the little eight year old child in me was like, this is insane. I'm like, oh. he's telling me all these stories. I'm I literally could just sit and not speak and just listen to it, it's yeah it's, it's a good thing and i think that's what keeps us young is that we have those connections to uh yeah that kind of stuff and to us it means everything like i said everybody's got their own thing that they're into but i'm i'm like you i, I i'm like a kid i remember me and my brother one time in a parking lot met bill after in a parking lot and we wow. saw him walking by and we were like wow like to him bill after is as big a deal as hulk hogan to us you know so it's like oh totally He's the so, man, you know. So yeah, it's enjo- it's still enjoyable for me. Like I'm not a, some cynical podcaster who, uh, you guys, if you know my stuff, I'm I'm more of a, a humor guy and yeah. uh, self deprecation than making fun of somebody else. Uh, you know, I, I like the, the the humor side of it. I love wrestling for what it is. It's an escapism for me. Exactly. I'm not I'm not a bitter I'm not, I'm not a bitter guy in general. It's just not my thing. It's I like, always find that you're. Yeah. You, your, your opinions on wrestling as well are very well informed and they're well balanced. You know, you never, you know, you, you, you're always very well rounded with, with what you kind of uh, put across. So I always appreciate that. As well, well, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I think yeah. it's just because I also think that, um, you know, a lot of times I, I'll have stuff that that's put out to broadcast and stuff. And I always mm-hmm. try to say to myself, when I hear it, I don't have to go back and cringe and go, and I go, no, yeah. you know what? I meant that. And I don't want to, it doesn't have to be edited out. What I said is what I said. And yeah. what I said is fucking legit, you know, because it would be very easy to go back and say, cause people go, Oh, what, what happens if such and such, you made a prediction. I'm like, we all get, first of all, one of my uh, Karnak, you know, like I don't, I don't predictions in wrestling. You guys know this too. You get it right. You get it wrong. It's like gambling in Atlantic city. It's like, you know, you get snake eyes or you fucking roll the dice and you win fucking a thousand bucks. It's, it's, it's predictions is I guessed it right. That's what it is. That's all it is. It doesn't make me more better than you or anybody better than me. Uh, The same thing people say to me, Kev, do you feel justified? And everyone says to me all the time, uh, you know, for years you took up for Roman Reigns. You said he was going to be a high value guy that it's going to happen. It might take time. And when other people, there were people three years ago, wanted Roman Reigns released. I mean, it's just so funny to me. And I was just like, listen, I get that you hate him, but you find no value in him. No, he sucks. He has no, he can't wrestle. He has no connection to the odds. Everybody hates him. I'm like, everybody hates him. That's I, I, kind of a blanket statement. And then last year, he shows up with Paul Heyman and the people who I was fighting with started wearing fucking acknowledge me shirts on their fucking podcast. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, yeah. I, and everyone says, Kev, you got to feel justified for defending this guy and saying, because people would tell me, 
Oh, no, no, no. I said if he went heel. I'm like, no, no, no. Everyone said it was too late, even from the turn heel. He's so polarizing. He's never going to pull it off. It's going to be cheap go away heat. And now he is the number one guy in wrestling. Now, that's not saying a lot because wrestling kind of is on a dismal downturn right now. But he is still the most interesting. Even my brother Draper, not a Roman Reigns fan, but even Draper's post. I've got to say, Reigns is in a zone. I mean, in yeah, this, oh, for sure. We, yeah, we've said that. You look at every, every company out there at the minute. No one can touch Roman Reigns. Nah, they can't be touched. So I feel justified in saying that I just used my business head saying, that, look at this guy. Look at him. Look mm. at the look on this guy. Mm. Little, little, little Women love him. Little kids will love him. Teenage boys would think he's cool. It's the mid-age guys who are all like, oh, fuck him. Yeah, because he's the guy who your girlfriend's going to turn on yeah, the TV. Because you're go, not who's, Yeah, because yeah, he looks like Jason Momoa. So it's just going to be yeah. like, oh, who's that? And it pisses guys off. I get it. I've been there myself. But again, uh, I never not I hated Elvis or The Rock because, my, you know, a girl says, oh, he's, he's good looking. Who's that? Some guys get like that. They get weird like that. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, listen, when you're larger than life, you're supposed to be a, an admirable figure and be heroic to people. That's the whole thing of being a star. But yeah. it, it might not be your star, but you can't dim that star because you got heat for the guy. Yeah. I mean, whatever whatever your reason is, he's not a good worker, so I hate him. I'm like, oh, come on. Was Andre the Giant a good worker, by uh, the way? Was Hulk Hogan a good worker? Was Ultimate Warrior a good the worker? Rock, the Rock was a rock a good worker. Oh, come on. Yeah, who was a good uh, some people say Steve Austin wasn't that great a worker. Yeah, you know, I mean, some people will say, uh, you know, most guys who were very gimmicky, you know, uh, listen, there's a little bit of I think there's there's room for everybody in wrestling, but the one thing is I enjoyed watching back in the day, uh, and Jamie, you'll appreciate this. The missing link is I, I would me yes. and my Drake would get a kick out of watching the missing link drive his head into the, the turnbuckle as I did watching Chris Benoit on a one hour Broadway with Brad yep, Hart. I agree. You know, so I, I, I love gimmicks and I love serious wrestling. I, why can't you love mm. them both? Why do you got to pick one? I don't That's get it. it. That's it. I love it all. But I, I do have questions. I mentioned mean, sure. Damon and Reigns. And I, I just, this is more of a fantasy thing. Whoever it'll happen, I don't know. But I asked John this as well last time he was on. What's your thoughts on a potential Lesnar return if he goes for Reigns? What do you think Paul Heyman does in that scenario? I'm not sure because I don't think Lesnar's a very good baby face. I don't think he – but Lesnar doesn't like people. We all know that. Yes. He, he moved to a remote area, so he doesn't have to be around anybody. <laughs> I mean, he's gone on interviews and saying, I, the fans, I pre- thanks for supporting me, but I, I don't care. And it's weird for a guy to say that because you depend on the fans to be – so people – Lesnar has a very interesting thing where people still respect him, though he probably doesn't respect them. Um, but Lesnar is just kind of like that silent killer that everyone knows he's legit. So when he comes in and you hear, dun, 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 I was like, it yep. pops because everyone like, oh, you know, here come, you know, he's he's legit. He's legit. It's going down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, shit's going down and it's meaningful because Brock Lesnar doesn't get involved in anything not meaningful. Uh, so I, I think Reigns, of course, would be the heel, but I think Lesnar would get cheered out of respect more than he can baby face it up. Mm. I think Heyman stays at Reigns, uh, but I don't know how Lesnar is not good on the stick, and I can't see another Reign, uh, Heyman-like guy 
Meet my new manager, uh, Jamie. You remember back in the day when Paul Horndorf fired Bobby Heenan on TV and he introduced his new manager, Oliver Humperdinck. Oliver Humperdinck, yes. But that didn't work out too well because Humperdinck wasn't a good talker and Orndorff was with him for maybe like two months. Uh, well, you know, Humperdinck, he stayed, did Humperdinck end up with Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania? He did, he did but, but Humperdinck <laughs> didn't last very long in the WWE. Humperdinck could talk, but he wasn't like the Heenan type of guy. So mm. you got to get an equal Heyman guy to come out like for Brock Lesnar to go, and here's my new manager. It's got to be. Jim Cornette. It's got to be someone like that. Yes. Who, who is who's who's Lesnar going to have as his second in his corner? Lesnar needs that other guy, that manager, that advisor. But there isn't yeah. anybody out. And I'm and I'm and Cornette is not a big fan of Lesnar, so I can't picture that even happening. That's just <laughs> fantasy booking. But he would need that equal mouthpiece that can rival, uh, you know, like an Eric Bischoff, someone who could rival. Yeah. Paul Heyman and a manager advisor back and forth while the two, you know, fucking, uh, you know, behemoths stare each other down, Reigns and stuff. You know, the tables turn now. Reigns is now the bad guy. Reigns is now, I run this thing. You're, you're, you're a part-timer. I mean, I can already picture the promos that Reigns is going to call. Lesnar, you're a part-timer. No one cares about you. Talk about flipping the script. Um, I even thought Reigns handled himself very well against John Cena last week. It's a different ball game now with Roman Reigns. Um, So, but Lesnar is a baby face. Ah, man, how do you do that? How do you do that? I asked well because I I read something last week where obviously Lesnar's not at SummerSlam, but there's a few reports saying that WWE is saving it because they want to do Lesnar Reigns again. Right. Um, I think that's one of the plans that they're going ahead with. So I'm just curious. It's a... I've always, they're, they're, I asked John, uh, and he was pretty much the same as you. Yeah, I said, "Where's Heyman going to fit in?" But you're right, Lesnar can't talk. He needs somebody to talk for him. Yeah, don't give Reigns like the big names for like the the, the big four. You know, like leading up to Mania when I presume he's going to take on the Rock at Mania. So like, uh, you right, know, right. So I, I can see him like fighting Lesnar maybe at Survivor Series or if they're not doing like a champion versus champion thing like yeah. they usually do. Or mm-hmm. uh, obviously John Cena at some point as well. Uh, and yeah, I guess they're all going to put him over until he finally defeats the Rock and becomes the tribal chief. The the, the tribal chief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's the best thing that's going on in WWE right now. But um, it's it's a shame because it used to be so many different pieces of the puzzle that you can enjoy. Not just the Attitude Era. You know, Ruthless Aggression Era gets yeah. very overwhelmed. Yeah. And there was always good uh, undercard stuff going on. Other guys getting pushed for the IC title, US title. In the last 10 years, it's just kind of just gone away. And, and now everything is about the top of that's the funny thing, guys, is about crosses. Everyone's talking about, you know, him being a major player. No one's caring about like he should be undefeated. It's the worst thing to have an undefeated. Streak. I hate that he was undefeated. And now mm. I'm kind of glad they got it out of the way because that's a hard thing. I mean, listen, Oscar pulled it off, but that's different. It's in the women's division and she's beating people like Carmella and, you know, people like that. So, I mean, Cross is going up against some of the top echelons guys, and that's part of the building process. But the problem is now in the fans' eyes, that's why some of them turn, so to speak, on Cross. Now, Cross is a heel. He doesn't mind getting booed or whatever, but he doesn't want the wrong kind of heat. And if he gets that, it's because the perception is, oh, he lost now. The mystique is over. But guys, hello, Undertaker has been beaten. You know, remember Mankind used to beat Undertaker on a regular basis. You guys remember Mm -hmm. that feud? Yeah, yeah, I do, yes. The great great Kali beat Undertaker. Right, right. Come on, guys. I was like, you're 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 letting you're you're letting wrestling history mean nothing to you. You're too in the moment. Take a step back and look at wrestling for overall what it is. He's no one's finished by a loss. So no. in that in that case, 
uh, little Dakota Kai beat up uh, Raquel Gonzalez last night. Now, if yeah. Dakota Kai wins the title, is Raquel mm-hmm. Gonzalez buried? Is she finished? Because little Dakota Kai, five foot four, beat six feet. Again, people have to stop this. Uh, you know, unless, you know, this is just your mindset. You got to be almost wrestling. Modern wrestling fans have to be like retrained almost to watch wrestling because it's so cynical and everything they hear in podcasts is so negative. Not all of them. There's some really good podcasts uh, around like Solo Monster and Don Tony. Yeah. I give my former partner very credit. He does a good podcast. Uh, wrestling Soup is tremendous. They, they do. But again, they add a lot of humor to things. They don't take things so seriously. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of good podcasts out there, but again, I think people are listening to the negative guys. They're finished. They're buried. They're done. And they just go away. Uh, I can't root for cross anymore. I'm going to put my cross shirt back in the closet. Why he lost, he lost a match. Uh, why? Everyone loses a match. You know, it doesn't make it uh, undefeated is not realistic. The Goldberg days are over. And I hated that they put the undefeated thing on cross. Cause I think it was an unfair thing. And I think sometimes those things can backfire. But uh, listen, did when Goldberg finally lost that match, was it Kevin Nash who beat him for the title? Yeah. 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 Did it take some of the mystique away from Goldberg? Yeah, but he's still a top-tier guy. Again, it's the way it's done. And I think it's more telling on what the fans think of Jeff Hardy than what they think of Cross. How can you lose to Jeff Hardy? I'm like, Jeff Hardy's a pretty big star. He's, not, he's yeah. not Santino Morella. No offense, Santino. Former, former yeah, champion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, so I think it was more like a, 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 like a slight, against Jeff Hardy. Uh, mm. And now poor, you know, we can get into a little bit because uh, it segues Keith Lee, uh, you know, doing the JLB for cross. But uh, I think there's more to the, I, I like Keith Lee. I think there's more to what's going on with Keith Lee than them jobbing. I'm doing finger quotes him out. I don't think they're jobbing him out at all. I think there is a uh, personal or a health issue. I don't know this for a fact, but if you guys look at Keith Lee, if he was sent down to get down to 300 pounds, they failed. He's about 360, 370. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he looks heavier than ever. And that's not me sliding him. I like him a lot. Um, but even facially, he looked gaunt. If you look at his face, his eyes mm. look sunken in. He did not look well. And that wasn't because of the back suplexes he was taking from Cross. Uh, he didn't look well. Uh, Cross looked great in that match physically. Cross looks like he's just always in great condition. Keith Lee looked ha- halfway to hell in a handbasket. And not because he's jobbing. I don't think he's... And Kev, why would they let him out there if he's not well? I can't answer those questions, but I do know that Ron, and this is important, Ron Killings posted something that he would have never posted if he was, if it was going to go against WWE protocol. Ron told Keith Lee, come out and tell your story, brother. Let people know how you feel and it might make you feel better. Uh, why would Ron say that if he was going to put WWE on blast, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think Keith Lee has a personal thing. I don't know if it's um, um, medication problem. I don't know if it's a health problem. I don't know if he developed a condition in recent months and they've been hiding it. But for Ron to say that in public and WWE not ask him to delete it or anything, again, Ron is a company guy. You guys know that. Ron is is all. He was just fear. Ron was just opened up raw uh, the other day. So Ron would never say, bro, tell your story. I think the fans will understand. If it wasn't something that was against the company or yeah, here's my thing. WWE is jobbing me out. That's not what's going on here. I think there is something, unfortunately, I don't know what it is. Some people are saying he got COVID. He never shook it. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't, everyone's speculating, but guys take a good look at him facially, not just yeah. his body. He doesn't look well. And I hope he's going to be all right. I like Keith Lee. I'm really rooting for him. And that's another guy who could come back. Look, Eddie Guerrero came back, back in the day. Remember he got yeah. fired. He was like, yeah. he dropped and he came back and beat Brock Lesnar for the world title. Unfortunately, he had it passed. That had nothing to do with that. 
But I think Keith Lee can come back. Cross and Keith Lee are just beginning here in the WWE. Yeah. Not, no one, no one's finished. They're only finished if you decided in your mind that you don't want to support them anymore. But that's on you. That's not on everybody else. No, totally, totally. Now I know you said you're giving us an hour, so we've got ten minutes left. So I'm going to ask you this: Let's move to AEW. You know the rumors, Punk, Brian. What's yeah. your thoughts? I mean, there's a lot of people saying that they're pretty much locked in, signed, done deal. Uh, I'm, I'm, as you guys probably even know, two of you follow me. I'm not the biggest AEW fan, but I won't, I, 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 I work my gimmick too, guys on uh, Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah. that obnoxious in real life. Uh, anybody who knows me is like, ah, oh, Kev's just fucking with people. Uh, I don't hate AEW. I'm just not a big fan uh, of AEW. Um, but I do watch AEW on the replay. I watch clips. I, I'm a wrestling podcast. It would be stupid of me to talk yeah. about something I don't know. Yeah. But I'm not, am I an avid like tonight? Am I going to be glued to the set? No, I actually have a couple of things I got to do tonight. I'm not going to see it tonight. Uh, but will I watch the replay tomorrow, watch clips and go on? Yes, absolutely. Uh, because it's it's wrestling and I want to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, but um, as far as Daniel Bryan and Punk goes, that's that is major signings. I mean, it would be ignorant of me not to say that it's not. But look, also, that's the best that's out there. That's free agents, guys. Remember 20 years ago who was out there and who's out there now? Very true. That, that's pretty much it. I mean, again, we were talking about Brody and Andre the Giant before. The only thing anybody could do to pop a, a, a company or a rating would be to resurrect those guys, literally. Uh, <laughs> if, if that's the next step in mankind is resurrecting people from, you know, and bringing people back from the grave. I'm not even kidding, because that's the, the only thing. Uh, Daniel Bryan's a hot free agent, but Daniel Bryan, let's be honest, they ran him into the ground in WWE, and not in a bad way. He did everything there was to be. Babyface, heel, babyface, heel, babyface. Yep. Okay, done. Yeah. Uh, world title, the, the the mid-level titles, tag team title with Kane, team, everything, gimmick, silly wrestler, humorous wrestler, serious wrestler, disgusting bad guy, sugar sweet baby face. What more can they do with Daniel Bryan and WWE? Yeah. They've yeah. done it all. It's time to go. Absolutely. I wish him well. Good guy. I'm a little surprised because his, you know, uh, uh, Nikki Bella still's getting planning to make a comeback in WWE and and Brie Bella. They're, they're, they're all family. Johnny, uh, what is it? I guess his stepfather-in-law. Yeah, uh, John Laurinaitis. Yeah. yeah, John Laurinaitis yeah. works for the company. So a little odd, you know, but that's okay. It's been done before. People can work in other companies. But Daniel Bryan, I, I wish him well. He did everything he can here. They can't utilize him anymore. And they're not going to sacrifice upcomers to Daniel Bryan anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. when Daniel Bryan got stacked by Roman Reigns, that's kind of usually the way you got to go out. You know, Reigns is a top dog. Now Daniel Bryan's now in his 40s, and this is the way it works, guys. Now, can he go to AEW, much like Macho Man went to WCW in his 40s and went on to hold? Absolutely. There's no – right, 40, you know, is still – in other sports, you're winding it up. In wrestling, you're kind of in the middle of your – the heart of your career, if you keep yourself in good condition. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, AJ Styles is a very rare, he's a very young looking 44, you know, most 44 year olds don't look like AJ Styles. Um, yeah. even if you keep yourself up and stuff, he's got that boyish kind of thing. You have to have that in genetics too, you know? Yeah. Um, but listen, great Daniel Bryan. Great. I think he'll do well there. Um, as long as they don't sacrifice people to get Daniel Bryan, the title where hangman page has to take a step back or MJF has to take a step back. Cause look, we got some real stars in here, guys. We'll, we're we're going to keep developing you because I think that could be a real misstep. What they could do, hey, if can Daniel Bryan put over Hangman Page? You know, that would be great yeah. if he does that. Can he put over MJF? That's the future of your company. Um, now, CM Punk, uh, 
I'm still not sold on is the same talent he was when he left. When did he last wrestle, guys? Two thousand seven years. It was it was after thirteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen Rumble. So seven seven and a half years. I don't know, guys. I mean, uh, Brian is in great condition. He's always in the mix, uh, and he just was in WrestleMania in a fantastic three way with Edge and, and Reigns. I, yeah. I saw it my own eyes. CM Punk is sight unseen. Last time I saw him, he was looking every bit of about one hundred and eighty pounds. Uh, you know, going against some of these, you know, listen, there are monsters in, you know, there's Wardlow and there's Lance uh, Archer and guys like that. But CM Punk's not a very big guy. And it looks like he lost a lot of his muscle from just being kind of idle. Now, is he in the gym train as we speak? Is he pumping? I, I don't know. Maybe he is. And maybe I'm, he's going to look great. Last time I saw him, though, he had that like kind of that regular guy. The mystique for me for CM Punk kind of went away. I'm still a fan. Um, I've always been a fan of his, even though the people think I don't like him. I do like him. Uh, I just he's a nice, was just, I, I, I met him a few years ago in Chicago. He's, he's a very, very nice man. I was, just, very, very I, nice. I was more disappointed that he left the business the way he did. And I blame mm. him. I blame him and WWE. It was a mis. I've seen this before. It's gone on with me. Lord knows miscommunications with certain people. And it ends in bullshit for both sides. And I think that's the way it ended for him. Well, Kev, they fired him on his wedding. I'm like, well, guys, in fairness, I think CM Punk kind of emotionally checked out of that company long before mm. they fired him on his wedding. They knew he was done with them, so they were done with him. So both sides sucked in that ending. I think CM Punk had a very bad ending, and I think he should write a new chapter. I would have liked it to be back in WWE, but I get his uh, misgivings about WWE now, and I'm sure CM Punk is not foolish enough to think he's going to be pushed over Reigns, nor should he be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, in the other division, could CM Punk rule the roost on Raw and take the sure? Why not make the focal point of that? Reigns the focal point of one show. They have two fucking shows. I think Raw could do with a CM Punk at the minute. They yeah. could, dude. Imagine Cross, CM Punk, uh, Bronson Reed. Or imagine all these guys like you know, put uh, Damian Priest finally getting his comeuppance yeah. and getting the push that he deserves. Yeah. I mean, this could be a great resurgence, but. It looks like he's going to, I mean, as of this, right. It's see, I'm still, as much as I'm in the know, you guys might even know more than me is CM Punk actually signed or we're still speculating here. There's a lot of reports. I keep hearing it's a done deal. I'm more of the, I'll believe Punk when I see it. I, I, I believe yeah. the Brian one. I'll believe Punk when I see it. But um, Punk hasn't, there's been no statement from Punk that anyone. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. Which no. would be like the surprise entrance and the big pop for the music and everything like me. Yeah, and that would be great. And 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 again, um, you know, I I I loved it too. I never thought he was that top top tier guy, but those tippy top tier guys are gone. I mean, that, that's mm. the, they're kind of the second. You know, you guys saw the controversy last week with is Eddie Guerrero a B plus player, and I'm like. He, he, no, and people use B plus players an insult, which I think is interesting because you guys know in school a B plus is a pretty good fucking grade. So it's I funny. Wish, I they, wish I got B plus. I wish I, I was yeah, a C. I was a C plus student. Yeah. So, I mean, again, B plus. Why? I, when did that become an insult? I think Stephanie McMahon started making it like an insult towards mm. Daniel Bryan. You guys mm. remember a few years ago? He's a nice little B plus player, and I'm like, B plus is actually a pretty good grade, but. Um, and I put Daniel Bryan and CM Punk in the Eddie Guerrero right under. The Ric Flair's, the Bruno, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. Then there's that second tier of superstars. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree you, with that. Which, yeah, which is a good place to be, by the oh, way. That yeah. is not an insult. That's a fucking compliment. Ke Kevin, do you do you think that uh, Brian and Punk are going to move that proverbial needle for AEW? Initially, yes, but I think it'll yeah. be very quick, and I don't think it'll be steady at all. I think it'll wear off in a couple of weeks because they don't have that kind of star yeah. power mm -hmm. to maintain. Uh, but part of a whole, uh, you know, uh, you know, part of the whole. Uh, 
the sum of all parts is basically, you know, everyone's going to be involved. Like you're going to have the, again, the future of this company is hangman MJF uh, jungle, jungle boy to a degree, but I think jungle boy really needs to develop some charisma. He's lacking in that department. Uh, Brian Pillman jr. Is another one I have faith in. It could be something like his dad mm-hmm. down the road. Uh, they have some good young talent, but I hope they don't get start star fucking and go, Right off the bat, we got to put CM Punk's got to win the world title. Don't do it. He's got to win the title. From Don't, years ago and uh, start putting like you know Hogan over everybody. And, well, that's that's the whole thing, guys. Yeah. Will they repeat WCW yeah. TNA stuff? You know yeah. why it's likely because they want to get the initial pop and putting the belt on CM Punk will get them to maybe two million in a rating, maybe. You know, but for one time, and they'll go well one point five. Uh, again, Hangman Page winning the title would be great for all the people who have supported all the more underground fans, but the mainstream fans are going to be like, who, who's Hangman Page? You know, a lot of people, he's not, that's not disrespectful. A lot of people look like a lot of people don't know Cross yet. They don't know Hangman Page. Not everybody watched Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, again, you have to talk about, you know, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, mainstream names. MJF, Hangman Page are more cult-oriented, like niche fan names, yeah. but their hope is to make them those mainstream names and i think those two guys got the goods to do that how long it'll take who knows it depends on how AEW works it from here but i would be a little nervous if i was page with uh punk and brian coming in because he's in the mix now to be the guy down the road yeah. is that is he going to get deep push now and how's he going to feel about that i think it's gonna be interesting to watch uh what happens in AEW. listen they got a great uh they're getting a great team put together um you know they got the right players now no excuses anymore and if, you know, the ratings are still kind of, eh, that's just where we're at with wrestling. I think they've, they've been yeah. trying their hardest. WWE needs to try a little bit harder. I think at least AEW is trying more than WWE is trying more. So I'll give AEW the A for effort. Yeah. Uh, WWE, a D minus. For D-minus, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. D-minus so, players. So right, right there, AEW fans will be like, all right, Kev, you were, I thought you were going to just piss all over AEW. No, no, I wasn't going to do that. No. Long, long gone are the days where... 11 million people are going to be what tuning into a Monday Night Raw, you know? So, no, but it'll be not. I, I think it could get back to two or three million. Why not? It yeah. can, it can because yeah. word of mouth and people will be like, you got to watch this show. And the word of mouth is really what build the attitude era. Because when me and mm-hmm. oh, Draper, you had him on a couple of times, but uh, if he ever told you the story, me and Draper went to some matches in the early to mid 90s, it was pretty horrible. There was nobody there. That's when like Jeff Jarrett was there, Double J yeah, and yeah, Tatanka. Yeah. And you we can move, we can, yeah, we can, yeah, yeah we, do, we can move up in seats like 15 times because no one would say anything <laughs> to us. But once the attitude era came in, I remember one time talking to my brother in 97. I said, what a difference of like four years, right? I was like, now we can't, we don't even want to move from these seats so someone doesn't take them from us. We, yeah. we don't even want to go to concession stand. We don't want to miss anything. And three yeah. years ago, we were like, WWE's finished. We were even like negative like that. WWE sucks. Three years later, we're there, Stone Cold, Brian Pillman, Goldust, Heart Foundation, War Against America with Shawn Michaels. And, and yeah. uh, what a difference. So people were giving up now, remember, it was only three short years that WWE made their big comeback with the Attitude Era from where they were with Duke the Dumpster Drossy. So there you go. That's Thank a great you. positive note to uh, end this uh, interview on, I think, Kevin. See, I'm positive. I'm not so negative. Yeah, Wrap exactly. that in a lovely little bow. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I think John's coming back, actually, after SummerSlam, so we'll get a few yeah. stories out of him as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah, great, great. I look forward to that. But Thank you very much. Before we let you go, though, Kevin, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you, uh, your project as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plug, the new, plug the new podcast. Yeah, yeah. obviously, like I said, I've been on DTKC from a year ago. And thank you, everyone who supported uh, me and us uh, on, the, on those shows all those years together. 
Uh, and that's how I even have a name. That's why you guys even have me here today. So I, I love my years that I was on uh, DTKC. You know, it was an unfortunate ending, but things end the way they do. But, uh, you know, we both have gone in directions that we're really happy. And so, you know, Anthony's doing his thing. And now I'm doing my thing. And speaking of my thing, I'm now doing a show called uh, Castle and Chickie's Podcast Adventures. Uh, which right now is on the Rational Rage Network. You can check it out. We're on Podbean, Spotify. We're on all the podcast platforms you can find us on. Uh, it's me with my real life, lifelong friend, uh, Carolyn Chickie, uh, who's a wrestling aficionado herself. Old school, though. She doesn't watch modern wrestling, so it's not a wrestling uh, show. But we, we do talk about wrestling here and there, but we talk about subject matters of everything. I might have to get out at some point. Uh, Kevin, yeah, I, I, check I, loved, it out, man. I loved I loved the Jaws episode. Loved oh, the Jaws. Jaws. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, we do, we um, do uh, like theme theme episodes like that. And we do stuff on music and pop culture, anything we want to talk about. And uh, we have a ball. We just uh, dropped in a, a new episode today about uh, jobs that we've had as youth and jobs that we like, jobs that we hated, jobs that we uh, got fired from unjustly. Like we just basically some, cause it's a very relatable show next week. We're doing a show about dating and how we, you know, our first dates and dating back in the day, how it is now being middle-aged and single. Uh, and again, I think people can be like, yeah, I want to listen to that because it's relatable. I think the one thing I could say about Castle and Chickie's podcast adventures, and we named it that by the way, it's a kind of a takeoff on Bill and Ted and Pee Wee's big adventure from the eighties. Cause we talk yeah. about a lot of uh, pop culture and I wanted to come up with a title where people kind of couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, and it's going going really good. We got a lot of downloads. We got a great following or number one show on that network. And, uh, you know, it, it's been great. And, and listen, a lot of wrestling fans followed over, but she, if you see my partner, Baseball Chicky, on social media, she's got almost 90,000 Twitter followers. Yeah. Uh, she posts one thing, she gets 500 comments. So she is definitely <laughs> as, as helping the show. Yeah, helping me a lot. And I, I have a partner who absolutely pulls her weight. And uh, it's a, it's an equal effort by both of us. And we're having a ball. And we are, are great friends in real life. I'm going to see her very soon, as a matter of fact. Now, uh, first time since COVID, we haven't seen each other in a while. Uh, and I know her from show business. I know her from the clubs. Uh, her brother used to play in a band for me back in the day. And that's how I met her back in like 2000. Uh, she's still young. I was, I was like 30 at that point. I'm always old. And she was like a kid, but uh, again, we're having a great time and you could find the Castle and Chickie's podcast adventures. And for the people who are like, Oh, you don't talk wrestling anymore. Kev. I do do wrestling stuff and I'm going to be doing a new wrestling show. But right now, matter of fact, after I record this in real time, I'm going to meet with Mish, who you guys know from Wrestling Soup. Yes. And we are recording a special segment for Wrestling Soup that me and Mish do now weekly. We don't have a name for it yet, but we're going to talk about all the events and stuff that are going on. Uh, so that's going to be recorded today. Mish will probably drop it uh, for the public. And that's for the public. It's not a Patreon thing. Yes. Uh, it's a part of segment. Mish will drop it probably on Twitter or on a social media page. It's probably tomorrow. I can't get enough wrestling soup. So that's yeah, you know, wrestling soup is great. And uh, for anybody who wants to join, I'm matter of fact, like I said, me and DT are still in business. I mean, you know, uh, on Patreon, we still share a Patreon along with Mish. Uh, so you can go to Don Tony Patreon. I have my own show there. It has never stopped. Even when we stopped the mainstream show, we are still in business on Patreon. It's gone fine. Uh, and I have a show called The Castle Chronicles. And I talk about, again, recapping wrestling. I take questions. We do a live chat. It's on Patreon. It's a lot of fun. You can sign up today. Go to Don Tony's Patreon. You'll see me there. I'm listed in the shows. It's every Thursday. So, yeah, I'm still affiliated with, with that and that degree because we, we're not stupid. We stayed in business together to that degree because we know that some of the fans want to hear it. Uh, you know, down the road, you, you never know what's going to happen. But right now, yeah, I'm Castle Chronicles on Thursday on Patreon. I'm with uh, doing the stuff with Mish. And I got 
podcast adventures which drops every wednesday around 12 noon and for the public on all platforms so i'm pretty busy yeah excellent well i can't thank you enough i know how much rivers has been looking forward to this as well um we'll definitely get you back as well kevin at some point if you're down for that we'll do some more oh absolutely i appreciate you guys having me on man I re- yeah I really, thanks for coming on i re- really enjoyed it i look forward to, to checking out all you guys stuff and i'm definitely jamie going to check out uh, when you talk to george give him my best please i have nothing but respect for uh george Napolitano. absolutely uh, unsung hero like i said uh, and, 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 uh, good luck to you guys with everything you're doing. And uh, again, anything I can do to support you, you guys support me. I got your back all the way. So yeah. thank you Absolutely, very much. Man. Absolutely. We'll thank stay you. in touch, dude. We'll do it again soon. But for now, Kim Castle, thank you very much. All right. Peace guys. Take Cheers, care. Kevin.